SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Thanks, Greg. This is the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Hilton Tarrant with you on this Thursday, Human Rights Day. Our panel of experts, Simon Brown of Just One Lap, uh, joining us in studio. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst Wealth uh, on the phone this evening. A quick roundup of global markets as the JSE obviously closed uh, for today's public holiday. The Dow in the U.S. is uh, down 0.2%, 14,483. The S&P 500, 15 Five five. Uh, that's down a quarter of a percent. We've got the FTSE down zero point six percent in London. The DAX down zero point nine percent, and the CAC down one and a half percent in France. Ugly day in Europe. Uh, Asia faring slightly better. The Nikkei and the Shanghai, uh, both the Shanghai Composite and uh, Nikkei, uh, up in positive territory. Hang Seng down this morning. Uh, we saw Australia and New Zealand lower as well. The gold price one thousand six hundred and fourteen dollars an ounce. Uh, platinum. $1,576 an ounce. A barrel of rent at 108 And uh, the real move today, the rand, weakening uh, still further through the 930 level. In fact, reaching 931 at one point. And it is uh, perilously close to that 931 point. Uh, 1410 against the pound. Uh, 12.04 to uh, the euro. And we are taking your questions on the market update this evening. 011-684-2780. That's 684-2780 on Johannesburg. Double one. Also on the SMS line 34701 with the keyword market. Just use the word market somewhere in your SMS. 34701. That'll cost you two rand. Also on Hilton at moneyweb.co.za. You can email me. Uh, as well, we'll take uh, questions on email. We've already got one or two of those through. And uh, finally, if you do want to uh, reach us on Twitter, at uh, Hilton Tarrant on Twitter, you're welcome to uh, send me a message. You can also send Simon Brown a message. Uh, that's at Simon PB. And we'll pick those up uh, on Twitter this evening. Let's get straight into it uh, with Simon. Uh, Simon the Rant, uh, through that 9.30 mark, but you're not too worried given that it is a public holiday. Uh, evening, Hilton. Yeah, public holidays, there's no, there's no South African activity in the market, and obviously uh, that's going to have a significant impact. Typically, the, the currency is weaker on public holidays. But it's lost, what, 9 or 10 cents today, so even if it hadn't, you know, 9.22 is, is not a level to get excited about. We, we're seeing weakness. Predominantly in the past, we've seen weakness based on, on issues beyond our borders. This time it really is current account trade deficits and the like, uh, uh, labor unrest, uh, mining problems that, that are driving it. And uh, I think we're probably going to see the weakness continue, uh, certainly for the rest of this year. And uh, much as I would like to say we get back into the 8s or even the 7s, I'm not seeing that any time soon at all. Marcus, what's your reading of the rand? Uh, it's lost 8%, almost 9% since January, down 20% in the past year. Uh, we've got uh, some interesting reports on uh, Newswire service Reuters today. The first one, uh, headline, South Africa faces investor exodus if rand route deepens. There's also a uh, blog post on Reuters uh, this afternoon entitled, Rand, the only way is south. Are things as bad as, as it looks out there? Good afternoon, Hilton. I'm afraid so. I mean, this has been a trend for quite some time. And the macro news, uh, when it relates to the RAND, is not great. I mean, current account deficits, budget deficits, exports dropping. Uh, it just doesn't look good. And, 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 and also, um, what, what's good for the dollar is bad for the RAND. The dollar itself is also doing very well. And there's a lot of money flowing back to the United States. The U.S. economy doing well. The stock market's there at record levels. So a lot of money is being withdrawn and taken back to the U.S. The big danger is, of course, last year South Africa was included in the City World Bank, uh, City World Bond Index, 
a lot of money flowed into the South African market so that the hedge fund or the index players could, could be um, exposed to South African bonds. And despite that, the rand was down last year, year on year, about 6%. And the fear is now that the currency is starting to drop, uh, the guys are going into a, a loss situation. And if they start pulling out money or if they just stop putting fresh money into the market, I think it is busy exposing the underlying weakness of the currency. So personally, for the last 18 months, I've been very negative on the RAND, and, you know, it could be 930, 9.50. It's not, that's not important. What is important is the trend, and I don't see any light for the foreseeable future. Well, uh, in that Reuters piece, uh, UBS is quoted as saying that the pain threshold at which longer-term bond returns will tip into the red is around the 9.30, 9.31 level. So we might yet see a rush to the exits uh, at these levels, and uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. Our, our market seemingly not too worried about things, and, and they, do, they do mention that, obviously. Uh, the JSE at record highs, uh, investors here kind of you know, what can you do uh, kind of attitude. In dollar terms, though, our equity market this year, minus 8%, only Cairo and Prague are worse <laughs> off. And, and, I mean, so a couple of things will push our market. Week Rand uh, and Joe Marcus yesterday was talking about inflation averaging 6.3. Inflation is often good for equity markets. Um, certainly a lot of the, the, the companies that are listed on our market are transacting their core business in, in, in dollars or, or euros, and companies such as uh, uh, Richmond and obviously the miners, etc., etc. So the currency is not necessarily bad for equity prices in the immediate. It's just not good for the economy, and that will ultimately flow in particularly to the more local-based uh, uh, companies listed on the JSC. Well, let's take the first of our callers this evening on 011-684-2780. That's 684-2780 on Johannesburg 011. Elizabeth from Fisher, good evening. Uh, good evening. I just want to know, please, what you think the prospects are for Vodacom. That's all. Thanks, Elizabeth. Uh, we'll get to that, okay. uh, Vodacom. Uh, a couple of other questions, and then we'll take uh, two or three of these in a batch. Uh, just a reminder of that number, 6842780. That's on Johannesburg 011. Also on the SMS line, 34701 with the keyword market. That's 34701. Or you can email me, hilton at today. It is that simple to get hold of us on the market update this evening. Uh, Simon, first of those, Elizabeth, Vodacom, your thoughts. Vodacom, uh, the ex-growth, they, they're going to be selling more and more data at cheaper and cheaper prices. They're restricted to, to a couple of Southern African co uh, countries that they can operate in because of Vodafone as the parent operates in the others. That all said, uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more traffic through our smartphones, whether it be voice or data, and even at lower prices and lower margins. So what we see Vodacom, in my sense, is uh, a, sto a, a, a sort of stodgy share price not going to do a heck of a lot necessarily, but great dividend yield. That's going to be the, the key attraction for, for Vodacom. One of the top dividend yields, around 6%. Uh, and if you're looking for income, if you're looking for dividend, frankly, I would say Vodacom's about the best there is. Marcus, your thoughts on Vodacom? Yeah, I agree 100%, especially for people at or close to retirement. You can live with a bit of volatility, that nice income-generating dividends year after year is not a bad thing to have in your portfolio. Simon, question in from Sarah Mshlanga. We spoke about this uh, earlier on this week uh, with David Shapiro. Uh, Sarah owns Simmers shares. They were suspended, uh, and they will be delisted from the market. Uh, there's no... Obvious buyer for that cash shell. I think the share price is at three cents mm -hmm. a share or something. I mean, what does where does Sarah do? 
Uh, short answer, nothing. It'll happen automatically. They will be delisted. She doesn't lose her ownership in Simmers. She still has that. Uh, the company will most likely be wound up. Maybe they'll find a buyer for it off market. It'll probably be wound up. If I recall correctly, the, the value is, is, a, is about 0.2 of a cent after costs and the like. Uh, I would expect shareholders to get pretty much nothing out. Question in from Andrew, Andrew from Paro this evening. Uh, he wants your thoughts on Finbond as well as ShopRite, whether each of those are, are good investments or not. Finbond's an interesting one. It, it, it's had a, a lot of volatility in the last sort of six months or so. Uh, they got a mutual bank license. They're going big into that space. I, I think they've run too hard uh, on speculation of what it can do, and it's expensive at the moment. Let's see the strategy start to work. Let's get a couple of results under the belt and see what's happening there. Uh, ShopRite, a stock I like, a stock that I own, but a stock that I bought a heck of a lot cheaper. <laughs> Around the 170-odd level, I don't think I'd be rushing out to buy in a hurry. I don't think we're going to see a heck lot more weakness in ShopRite, but I think what we're going to see is a price that probably stagnates for a year or two as earnings catch up. If it stagnates for two years, we get some earnings. Inflation's going to help their growth. Africa's going to help their Rand's growth. Rand's going to help. Rand's going to help their growth. They come in at 20% a year. Suddenly, we've got a price earnings back around the 20 level, 18 maybe even. Then it's attractive. So I think probably ShopRite, if you own it uh, and, and you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, not in any hurry, you hold on to it. If you don't own it, I would uh, rather wait. We'll probably get it the same price. But in a year, and in the meantime, you can do something else with your money. Because the dividend yield is quite modest, about 2.4%. So you don't get a heck lot for holding it. Magnus, your thoughts on, on each of those, Finbond and ShopRite? Well, Finbond, uh, we're getting questions about two aspects about Finbond. First, the share itself. I agree uh, that the share price maybe has run ahead of itself. But the products itself, it's, it's, it's a mutual bank. We, don't, we only have two others. And it's a Pretoria-based bank with a couple of very good names uh, in, in, in the industry. And, and the latest appointment was Robert Emsley, who used to head up Absolute Capital not so long ago, yeah. about two years ago. He's been appointed non-executive director. I've had a look at the company, and I must say it, it's doing interesting stuff. Whether I'll be paying 80 cents a share, we, we need, uh, as Simon says, we need to see what dividends are coming out. But uh, it's an interesting little company. Another question in this evening uh, from Navin asking whether uh, either of you gentlemen would be buying Edcon shares when they list. Uh, the short answer, the long answer is I want to see what price they're listed and what multiples they're listed at, etc. They're obviously going to try and list it at a, at, a, at a relatively high PE, and they would be able to if they bought it in line with the other uh, uh, retailers. I, I'm not convinced. I, 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 they've been saddled with debt. They've been a good management team. They were a great listing. I prefer the food retailers. A lot more, a lot more space for growth. A lot more uh, resistant to inflation. Woolies and Shoprite would be my picks there. And if I really was going into the into the, the clothing space, uh, typically I like uh, 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 Truers, or even Fashini, all expensive. Edcon, I'd want to see the numbers, but it will probably be expensive and I would probably pass on it. It's one of the things that David Shapiro and I were talking about one evening uh, as, as we left the offices here. Uh, Edcon is going to struggle to command the multiples that I guess uh, the private equity guys, Bain, want to get uh, for for this share when they eventually sell out. Absolutely. And, and you can see that they've been doing tons of things to try and, in a sense, clean it up. Um, they've got a huge amount of 
of debt overhang from when Bain took it private, what, about six or so years ago? Um, that's hurting. And that you want to list it at, at, at the highest possible multiple. And if you look at the peers, you would be probably be aiming at 22, 24 times price earnings. I don't think they would get that in this market. I think the market would reject it. I think the market would say, come to us at maybe 16, and then, then it's a tussle, and Bain's going to say, that's not worth it for us. We have seen a, a kind of a precedent with Holtzport listing maybe two years ago, uh, one of the only new retail stocks on the JSC, and, and that struggled to, to get the same rating as, as some of its peers in inverted commas. Yeah, Holtzport, and I think it, a lot of folks didn't quite understand it. They also thought it was a bit of a, of, of a strange asset, clothing sport. I think, you know, we, we're a clothing mad country or sporting mad country, um, and, and they do sporting apparel and the like. Um, but you're right, it, it never really got the traction. They there are some, some big fans of it, but it hasn't got the same sort of level of multiples. And the, the one very interesting point from Holdsport, it does incredibly well in the years where there are uh, cricket and soccer World Cups. It doesn't do so well with Rugby World Cup, and I suppose it's because that's probably more regional, less countries involved. But selling those replica T-shirts. So what I would look for, next World Cup, which is about 20, when is it, 2014. Mm. Um, so next year, so maybe towards the end of this year, it's maybe going to be worth a, a bit of a look at. Magnus, are you uh, are you sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for the Edcon listing? Not exactly. I think it's uh, they passed the cycle for retailers, and as Simon said, it's going to be expensive, and also a lot of question marks about the the future capacity of retailers to keep on spending at the same pace. I think we way past the curve. People are just running out of cash. We are taking your questions this evening. Uh, your share investment stock questions on 011-684-2780. That's 684-2780 on 011. Also on 34701 with the keyword market. That's uh, SMS line 34701 with the keyword market at a cost of two rand an SMS. Or Hilton at moneyweb.co today. In this month's business feature 2013, we speak to Vili Furi, who's the head of clothing and textile strategic business unit at the Industrial Development Corporation. We take a look at the current state of the sector and what the IDC is doing to stimulate growth within it. For more details or to listen to the full discussion, log on to moneyweb.co.za. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. 19 minutes after 6 o'clock, this is the market update uh, on your Human Rights Day, Thursday evening. Uh, keep those questions coming in, 6842780, that's 011, 6842780. We, t- we can take those questions off air if you do not want to uh, particularly uh, give uh, give us your questions on air. 6842780 on the SMS line, 34701 with the keyword market. Let's go to line 2 now, David in Liftenberg. Good evening. Good evening. All I'd like to know, a share called Telcom. It has dropped considerably. I think the asset value is substantial. They've got more copper in the ground than the price of the share. And they've got properties, fixed properties. Thanks a lot, David. Thanks for that question. Let's take our next question, another regular. Val in Blackheath, good evening. Good evening. Can you give me an opinion on... Uh, JSE shares, they don't seem to be doing very much at all. I've sat for about three, four, five years and they have hardly moved. What do you think? Thanks, Val. Uh, we've got uh, Val in Blackheath asking about JSE, David in Lichtenberg asking about Telcom shares, and another caller is uh, asking about Kuro Holdings. Let's start with the first of those. Telcom. Uh, David and I, and, and uh, Wayne McCurry and I, actually scratching our heads now the other evening. Uh, Telcom worth around $7 billion current market cap, EOH, 
as a comparison, a uh, completely different sector, but a technology company nonetheless. EOH today worth almost 5 billion rand. It gives you some indication of just how, how uh, value has evaporated. Yeah, I, I, and, and David's probably right about the copper under the ground. Unfortunately, they're a telco, not a miner, and the copper price hasn't been so strong recently. I, I, would I buy a telecom? No. I, there might be an opportunity to buy it at some point. When you look at the valuations and the metrics, it appears very attractive. My sense is it's a value trap. There's there's been issues with the board. They still need to appoint a new CEO. They're changing strategy on ATAR. They're going to have ATAR and Telcom Media, or maybe just Telcom Media, or maybe ATAR. Um, they've chronically overstaffed. They're looking at doing a, a voluntary retrenchment package. That is not good because who leaves? Well, the deadwood don't leave because they won't get a job anywhere else. Your quality staff leave. We still get government meddling. There's simply too many things that are holding it back. I think if left to work on its own, if given complete, if government disinvested, stood back and said, do what you will, I think Telcom would have a, a great potential. I think if the deal with Korea uh, Telecom Communications had happened, corporate, that could have been a great deal. Right now, I wouldn't be a buyer of Telcom. Magnus, uh, you share the sentiment? 100%. I couldn't put it better. It's purely a concern about what is government doing. It's, it's, it's mingling in the board. So, you know, that deal with the South Korean company was canned, uh, I wouldn't be buying it. What about the JSC, JSC Limited? Would you, would you have a look at that? Uh, it is a monopoly. It's the only place to trade shares, uh, yet... There's, there's not an awful lot of growth prospects. Yeah, monopolies are wonderful things. There's lots of talk and rumor and theory about some competing exchanges coming to market. I'm not sure how viable, how much of a big slice they're going to take. Our market is, is basically too small. Um, their problem is they need volumes to significantly increase. We've been stagnating at the 10 to 12 billion rand traded per day. That's not growing. They've got a lot of IT expenses. They still haven't upgraded the BDA system, which was supposed to have been done five or six years ago. They've had massive write-off in that space. Uh, I, I wouldn't be a, a buyer of Telcom until I saw significant volume increases coming through in the JC. Tougher if I was currently holding. Uh, certainly it's carrying its come dividends. So I, would, I would hold for the, for the dividend. Um, and if we start to see renewed interest coming into our market, those highs, if we start to break the highs, move into 43, 45,000, volumes pick up, I would hold. Otherwise, I think the money's better, better put somewhere else. Magnus, it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sell the JSE. I mean, it had a good run. I mean, the last two to three years, not much. But before that, it had a, a superb run. I wouldn't be a seller of JSE, perhaps not a, a fresh buyer. Magnus, your thoughts on Curo? It has run uh, incredibly hard. It seems to be the market darling as far as uh, private education is concerned. Advertech battling to keep up? You know, the whole question of private education and schooling is, a, is almost an emotive thing in South Africa. The share price is not cheap, but it's expensive and uh, a rapidly growing company. The share price is, is, has run hard as well. How much more is there is, I'm not so sure. There's a lot of competition coming into the market as well. Simon, your thoughts on Cura? I, I, I worry about the strategy. They came to market, they had a very clear strategy, which was build, which was aim private education, but cheaper than the traditional private education. Then they start buying, then they go high end, then they go low end at the same time. Mm. Uh, what, now they're training teachers. Now they're training teachers, three rights issues. 
and I think a lot of the hype is around education. That is well-founded. A lot of the hype is around PSG as majority shareholder. You know, is it the next Capitec? Good management, etc. I think it's a highly speculative uh, uh, bet, and I think at, at current prices, certainly, and I'll be honest, when, you know, when it was down at 6 or 7, I said it was crazy levels. 10, I thought it was insane. What's it now? 16-odd. I can only call it crazy. If you if you want to get involved in Cura, if you understand a highly speculative, um, don't, 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 don't go boots and all uh, and, and don't take your pension still time for one or two more questions we've got a queue of about three or four and we might take one or two more on 6842780 that's 011 6842780 also on the SMS line incredibly popular this evening 34701 uh, Magnus interesting one in and it was one I was going to ask you whether it was asked by a listener or not would you invest offshore at present given the week rand I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that question um, <laughs> I, I've been you know, advising offshore investments for the last 18 months, and it's been a very, very good uh, call to make. You know, a lot of the funds are up 60 to 70 percent. I would not be rushing offshore for further rand weakness. There's, there's a risk that you could be wrong. I would still take money offshore to diversify, but the rand tends to overshoot. And, and the way I'm reading this macroeconomic situation, we, it could go to 10 quite quickly, and. Uh, We'll need to see a turnaround somewhere um, for the RAND to strengthen, and uh, I just don't see it. So even today, 9.30 could be a bargain price six months from now. Simon, it's difficult, and it, it is tricky. Uh, David and I have been speaking about this a lot, trying to find value, because you can't necessarily rush offshore, given what Magnus has just said, and you, particularly, you don't particularly want to at, at these levels with the risk that suddenly the RAND comes back to 7, 7.58. Um, and and yet the market here is is not exactly offering you know great amounts of value. It's a tough call. I tell you what I've been looking at is what is the Deutsche Bank uh, US ETF uh, DBXUS is the code tracks the MCSI 600 in in the US. Uh, yes, the, the the currency if it, if the currency went to eight for thirty or even seven thirty would hurt markedly on that. I don't think that's going to happen over the next two or so years. I do think that during those two years we can see significant upside in the U.S. stocks. Um, so that's nice and easy trades on the JSC. And the reality is, uh, if you're investing on the JSC, uh, uh, probably the majority of your portfolio is going to be in companies that are, are, are RAND sensitive, that have got international exposure. So we can do it almost in a passive sense without physically having to locate money into a foreign bank account. Simon L in Cape Town, and this is not a Else question. It has come through a number of times on the market update. Wants to know about Pallinghurst. Any thoughts there? Brian Gilbertson's uh, retirement fund, and I don't mean that nastily in any sense at all. Three parts to it. Uh, Fabergé eggs, uh, if you're very, very rich, apparently they're highly desirable. Uh, gemstones, he's trying to get an industry to, more to be like the diamond industry and less scattered and, 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 and uh, disparate. It's a big ask. He can maybe pull that off. Um, platinum, that is currently the weak leg for them. A lot of platinum. The IDC wants to put a lot of money into it, but the current state of the platinum industry in South Africa, that is not going to be going anywhere in the next three to five years. And I think Pellinghurst is, on that alone, on the platinum issue alone, I wouldn't be touching Pellinghurst. It is a bargain, though. If, if platinum suddenly... Does come right and yes, and something look at two ten or two around the mm, low twos. It's below net asset value, although net asset value is is, is you know, a subjective number. Um, it is a bargain if platinum comes right. If if you want to take the, the platinum bargain route, I think you're better off with 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 implants. If you want a bit of risk in your platinum group, go for London or Northams.
Magnus uh, Colin asks, is Capitec a sound bank? That's a, definitely a sound bank. There's no question about that. I'd just like to come back on that offshore question. You mm-hmm. might recall I wrote on MoneyWeb a, a column last week, a uh, big investment seminar last week, where Duncan Artis from Alan Gray, who runs one of our biggest funds, was asked, how much would you take offshore if you could on behalf of your fund? And, and currently he's at 25% in terms of legislation. But he said, if I could, I would take 100% offshore, which caused a bit of a stir. And he explained it by saying it's not only a RAND call, it's a call about uh, values. And South Africa is expensive. And, and, and as Simon was saying, the U.S. stock market is looking very attractive, recovering quite dramatically. So I just wanted to put that into perspective as well. Simon Ann asks, uh, she has 200 APSA shares. She says the price is good. Do I sell now or should I hold on to them? I wouldn't be selling APSA. Uh, they were, of the results of the big four, they were the out-and-out loser. But I think they're picking up some traction in that space. Um, they've certainly got the biggest retail uh, 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 network behind them. That's gonna, they've been losing clients, but I think they can pick that up. Um, and when, when you speak to analysts, they've all got their preferences to which one of the banks, but certainly apps is not expensive, even at current levels, and the billion rand and other rights off they have are behind them, so I wouldn't be a seller of apps at this point. Njabulo, a good friend of this program, asks uh, whether or not Aspen Pharmacare will last on our market for 15 years, or might they get snapped up by someone like GlaxoSmithKline? Uh, I think they'll get snapped up, I, particularly with their move into generics, particularly with their move into Australia. The big international players are going to find it very attractive. They're going to have to pay top price to get mine, though. Well, the big move today, the Rand, going to 9.31 currently against the U.S. dollar, 9, 9.31.24, 14.09 to the pound and 12.03 to the euro. This has been the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Our thanks to Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst Wealth Horses, Simon Brown of Just One Lap. Full transcripts of the program available online at today. From the team, thanks very much for listening. We're back at 6 p.m. tomorrow, 6.30 now, and time for game plan.